Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America. And this is a very interesting time, a very interesting day that I'm actually doing this podcast because today in America, not when you're listening to this probably, but while I'm doing this podcast is on Thanksgiving. Now, I was not going to do a Thanksgiving podcast. If I was, I would have done it earlier, right? I'm a poor planner that way. I really think that it would have been better to do a Thanksgiving podcast a few days ago and then post it on Thanksgiving. That's what would have happened if I was a responsible individual, but I'm not. But on this day, celebrating together with my family, I'm very, very appreciative of that. I've been able to travel back to the United States and be with part of my family. My wife and one of my sons are back in China. My other son is here in the U.S., so I'm able to be with my uh, siblings, parents, son, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And this Thanksgiving, I am reminded of a story that most people have not heard about. Most, And you're probably listening to this podcast. We are most popular overseas in other countries outside of America. But for those of you that are Americans and for those of you that are not Americans, I think that this is going to be a powerful podcast for you because I truly believe that during this year, 2020, it is important for us to remember the everlasting promises and mercies of God. In fact, Romans 8, 28, all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord is probably one of the most important scriptures ever when looking at this year. Today is Thanksgiving, and for those of you that don't know, this is one of the most important holidays of the year. And the U.S. uh, believes in coming together to remember a time when the very first pilgrims came to America and did not have any food. They were dying, and then God answered their prayers. But there is a story about the very first Thanksgiving that I had never heard until recently that completely transformed the way in which I saw the very first Thanksgiving. And I want to share that with you because whether you're American or not, I think that we can all give thanks to God, how he takes all things and makes them better, makes them for the good of those who love all things, work for the good of those who love the Lord. So, A few years ago, I took my youngest son to Plymouth Rock, where we were in Massachusetts. We were staying in Cape Cod, and we we took a drive down to Plymouth Rock to go to the location where the very first Thanksgiving is thought to have happened, and we go to Plymouth Rock. And for those of you that are not familiar with Plymouth Rock, this location in Massachusetts where the pilgrims were supposed to have arrived, this is where the Plymouth Colony was founded. And it was founded 
by a group of English Puritans who came to be known as pilgrims. So whenever you hear me say the pilgrims, this is a group of Christians. That's, I mean, we say pilgrims is almost as if that is a minority group. This was a religious group of people that praised and worshiped God and just wanted freedom to worship him. And they were not warriors. They, they were not colonizers. They were families. Families that just simply wanted to praise God and open it. And actually, they were, they were led, their congregation was led by their pastor, William Bradford. They were persecuted in England, their home country. And in the early 1600s, they moved to Holland. Uh, because in Holland, they had more freedoms. But the problem with being in Holland was that Holland was so secular that the, the, the pilgrims were able to see that their children were becoming more secular. Their, their children were losing their British heritage. Their children were losing their culture. They were lo losing their language. And they were losing the very reason why they came was for the freedom of religion. They were being inundated with the secularism from the, the, the Dutch. And they were worried about their kids becoming too Dutch, secular Dutch. So they, they prayed and they had a vision that God would move them to a new world, to America. Now, this was a very dangerous journey. This is not a journey for families. Now, oftentimes when we learn about the pilgrims, it's very easy for American students to think about Christopher Columbus came to America, and soon after he came, the pilgrims you know, got on the Mayflower, floated over to America, and started the, the, the first colony. That's simply not the way it happened. Actually, there were a lot of explorers, a lot of warriors, that w and a lot of traders who went to America to trade along the East Coast. But they were not families. This was a family, and what they experienced was horrible. You see, the pilgrims reached Plymouth Rock, which is in Massachusetts on the east coast of America, on December 11, 1620. It's in the middle of winter. And that first winter was deadly. It was harsh, bleak, devastating. At the beginning of the following fall, they had lost 46 of their original 102 members who sailed on the Mayflower. That's almost 50%. So almost one out of every two people were dying. Children, fathers, mothers. It was, it was evil because everybody was losing family members. And it was happening one by one. There was no saving anybody. The pilgrims on the Mayflower, they couldn't even bury the dead bodies. They were afraid to bury the dead bodies because they knew that if they came off that ship burying dead bodies and the Indians watched them, the Indians would soon be able to come to the logical conclusion that they were weak, they were hungry, they were famined, and they would be ripe for an attack. So in order to hide their true numbers and how weak they were, they stayed on the ship and they kept the dead bodies on the ship. But they were dying off one by one. The 
only thing that could save them would be a miracle. They did not know that a miracle had already been prepared. A miracle that Americans are not taught in school about Thanksgiving Day. But I think it's about time that we as Christians share with our children the miracle that happened on Thanksgiving. You see, the pilgrims were not the first ones to come to America. As I said earlier, there were traders that came on a regular basis. They came up and down the East Coast, especially during the early 1600s. In an early 1600, a, trailer, a trader by the name of Thomas Hunt was trading along the East Coast when he realized that, hey, I'm making money by getting these furs and, and special things from the Indians in order to take them back to Spain and England and sell them. But there's something here that will make me more money than the items that I'm trading. What was that one item that would make him a lot of money? Slaves. Thomas Hunt began to capture these Indians by force, throw them down in the galley, take them across the Atlantic, and sell them as slaves. So these Indians made pretty good slaves for Thomas Hunt. Thomas Hunt was able to come and basically, not only was he able to sell them slaves, but these were exotic slaves. These were slaves like had never been seen before. These were warriors. One of the young boys that Thomas Hunt was able to kidnap was a 12-year-old by the name of Squanto. Now, Squanto's real name was Tisquantum. Squanto is what he was known by in many of the writings. And when Thomas Hunt came to Spain to sell his Indian slaves, there was a group of monks, Christian monks in Spain that were waiting for Thomas Hunt. And what they did as a part of their ministry is they hired slaves, not to put them to work, but to buy their freedom. And what they would do is they would buy their freedom, educate them, teach them, preach to them, share Jesus with them. Many of them got saved, and then they would spend all of their earnings. Like These monks would put their money together, pool their money together, and put Indians on boats back to the United States. Now, getting on a boat going back to the United States, which wasn't the United States at the time, it was just uncolonized America, um, the, this new world didn't have, you know, a bus schedule of regular boats that went, you know, 5 p.m. every Tuesday. It wasn't that kind of schedule. So the monks had plenty of time to minister, but also to feed and educate and work with these Indians that they had purchased their slavery. And so Squanto was able to find a boat going back to America to his village. And what happened with him changed history. This unfortunate event that led Squanto into slavery would work for good for the entire world forever. You see, 
those monks made an investment that they did not know would keep paying off. And maybe Squanto didn't know why he was being treated so badly by Thomas Hunt, why he had been kidnapped, why he had been taken to the new world, why he had been taught another language, another culture, uh, had to live in a new country. All of this was not by his choosing. But as he started to learn from these monks that taught him about Jesus, he became a believer. And the monks put him on a boat. He goes back to America, steps off the boat, comes running off, ready to see the family that he had missed for years, that he had been praying to be back together with. Now he's finally home. Now he's finally with them again. And what happens? Nobody's there. There's nobody to get uh, to run up to the boat to say hello. There's no family member, no father, no mother, no sibling, no sister, no wife, no child to come out and say, we missed you. Last time he left, he was 12 years old. He was in the same village that he had grown up in. This was his childhood village and it was empty. What happened? They all got sick, most likely by smallpox. And then his entire village died. And there he was, lonely, without family, without friends, without any of the villagers that he grew up with. And many say that he cried out to the God of the Spanish monks. He cried out for help. And then one day, he saw a European ship, big, white, sails anchored in the bay of cape cod right there at plymouth rock he was curious he approached the ship with his friend somerset and the pilgrims were absolutely shocked to find that the indians spoke good english i mean this was nothing short of a miracle, an answer to prayer. Because the pilgrims didn't have much to offer the Indians. And when they asked the Indians to come and eat with them, the Indians quickly understood that the pilgrims had nothing. Squanto asked, would it be possible for me to stay? Squanto decided to stay with the pilgrims. He showed them how to plant crops, how to live off the land. That spring and summer, Squanto proved to be irreplaceable. He led them to the brooks full of fish. He showed the settlers how to fish with traps. He taught them where to stock game in the forest. And he taught the children what berries they could eat and what berries they could not eat. Which ones they could pick and take back to their families and which ones to leave on the bush. He helped them plant about 20 acres of corn that grew tall. Squinto, Squanto showed the pilgrims how to plan and plant crops that were good for the northeastern part of America. Squanto also acted as a translator and an ambassador to the Indians on behalf of the pilgrims and kept the Indians from annihilating the few pilgrims that were left. And after so much death and starvation, it was clear Squanto 
was an answer to prayer for the pilgrims. In the fall, the pilgrims planned a feast to celebrate God's mercy, to thank Him for all that He had done. Squanto was sent to invite friendly chief Massosoit and his braves. They, they gathered around tables spread with venison, roast duck, goose, turkeys, shellfish, bread, vegetables, all of the different fruits and berries that you could find during that time of harvest season. And before they ate, on record, the pilgrims came together with Squanto and gave thanks to God. Gave thanks that they survived. Gave thanks that they will be able to survive another winter. Gave thanks that God sent them Squanto. The record showed that the pilgrims prayed, Thank you for bringing us the Indian Squanto, your own special instrument to save us from hunger and help us to establish our colony in this new land. That was their prayer. It wasn't very much longer, only two years later, when Squanto himself became extremely sick. And as he was laying dying in bed, William Bradford, the pastor of those that came over on the Mayflower, the leader, the pilgrim's leader, stayed right beside Squanto's bed. He knelt down at his bedside and it is recorded that Squanto said to William Bradford, Pray for me, Governor, that I might go to the Englishman's God in heaven. Squanto breathed his last breath on November 1622, gone from the new world and entering the heavenly one. The story of Squanto, I have to be honest, makes me sad. I mean, the fact that he was captured and probably beaten, tortured, enslaved, sold like cattle, breaks my heart at the level of evil we men are capable of. Squanto was made a slave. He was treated like cattle. Thomas Hunt gave no regard for Squanto's life. But God called him, used him, and he changed the history of the United States forever. Without this event, if the pilgrims would have died, who knows? There may have never been a charter. There may have never been a revolutionary war. There may never have been a United States. A nation that, in spite of all of its faults, has been a blessing to the rest of the world, has brought wealth, support, love, and protection for so many nations for so many years. This story of Thanksgiving and Squanto reminds me that no matter what hardships we go through, give thanks to God. Because as Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. No matter when you're listening to this podcast, it is always Thanksgiving. Time to give thanks to God. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners at Back to Jerusalem.
God bless you.